Hello, world, and welcome to Extra Shot with Alicia Fernandez-Miranda. That's me, author of my what-if year, ex-CEO, sometimes intern, coffee-obsessed mom. Extra Shot is a podcast, a talk show, an advice column. It's that and more, but really, it's about bringing some energy, enthusiasm, and insight into your day. Join me and my incredible friends, authors, actors, activists, and even other people whose jobs do not start with the letter A, for a half hour of laughs and delight. Because we all need an extra shot of something. Welcome back to Extra Shot, everybody. How are you holding up? I hope you are great. It's the most wonderful time of the year, after all. The silly season, as I like to call it, only recently realizing that that's not at all what that term refers to, but that is always how I have thought of the time from October 1st to January 2nd. It is the absolute craziest time of year for me. We've got Halloween. We've got my kids' birthdays, my brother's birthday, my dad's birthday, my wedding anniversary, my mom's birthday, Thanksgiving. I'm not even at December yet, guys. Then we have Christmas, Hanukkah, a kajillion Christmas parties, Christmas concerts, Christmas carols, blah, 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 up until New Year. I love it all. I truly do. I feel like this is the time of year I wait for. I wait for October 1st so I can get that pumpkin spice out. But it is a lot. It is a lot. And so I want to send you a shout out if you are also in the midst of your own silly season with a little bit of solidarity. We can do it. That's what the candy is for. So today's episode has a little theme. It's a sibling themed episode, I think, because I've got plenty of siblings speaking to you today, including my own. I have an interview for you, which you are going to love, with the incredible sisters behind one of my favorite podcasts, Super Mamas, and I'm going to tell you all about who they are. And after the interview, we've got a segment that I am calling Today's Top Hits, and it is featuring Ted Fernandez. That's right. He is my brother. He is a TikTok product marketer by day and a music obsessive by night and also day. And Ted is the person I go to for my music recommendations. So I wanted him to recommend some songs for you. So please stay tuned for Ted A's Top Hits. Doesn't get old. I love saying it. I'm not tired of it yet. And before that, we have the incredible Super Mamas. So let me tell you a little bit about them. Sisters, Paulina Lopez Velasquez and Bricia Lopez are the dynamic duo behind the Super Mamas podcast, a transformative and non judgmental space that provides a supportive community for mothers of all experience levels where they can share in the ups and downs of motherhood together. And boy, are there a lot of those. In addition to podcasting, both sisters are highly impressive in their own rights. They are entrepreneurs. And as a family, they run Gelaguetza, which is a Los Angeles restaurant that I am dying to go to, by the way, that has propelled Oaxacan cuisine, culture, and tradition into the forefront of the gastronomic scene. Gelaguetza is the winner of a James Beard Award, which is the most prestigious food award for an American restaurant. And the siblings have also now launched two direct-to-consumer brands, I Love Micheladas and Gelaguetza Mole Starters, which you can buy online and at retailers across California, including Costco, as if you needed another excuse to go to Costco. And Bricia is the author of cookbooks, including her most recent one released this year, Asada, 
which I immediately bought for Carlos for his birthday. And I'm still waiting for him to cook me something from it. So Carlos, I know you're listening to this. Get busy. And I was on Super Mamas when my What If Year came out. And I just, I just loved it. I love their vibe. I love uh, how they interact with each other as sisters. And I love this idea of having this open space for motherhood, which is the most wonderful, most rewarding, and probably the hardest job in the world. So I'm going to let you listen in on my chat with the super mamas and my chat with my brother. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, I'm so, I'm just, I'm so excited. I was just saying before we started recording. Oh, thank you. I basically just started this podcast so I could have Paulina and Bricia back on so I could talk to them about the things I wanted to talk to them about. You stop. <laughs> Congrats on the podcast. Super Mamas, welcome to Extra Shot. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited to be on the other side. I know. It's a, is it nice? Is it nice to be interviewed as opposed to having to interview people? Sure. Yes. <laughs> Girl, we just talk. So we just show up and talk. I'm like, yeah. yeah sure. I love talking. I love like talking to friends. So... You know, any chance I get to talk to my friends, I'm like, let's do it. Any format, any way, let's just, you know, let's just chat. It's the best. And it's such a funny thing because you guys are so personal. You know, when you're listening to your chats, especially the bit at the beginning of your podcast, when it's the two of you talking to each other, you just, you really feel like you're kind of just like hanging out with your friends, listening to them talk about their lives. That's the idea. Which I love, but also I feel like I know so much about what's going on in your lives right now because you've been I, in it's my okay, ears. everyone does, and it's totally <laughs> fine. It's on purpose. It's it's so interesting when I meet super mats on the streets. I always tell people I encourage them, please come and say hi. Please. I hate getting the DMs of like, I saw you, but I was too shy. Like, dude, please do not be shy. It's have you have no idea how much I love because I feel like y'all know me more than a lot of my really close girlfriends. Because there's certain things I say on the podcast that I don't tell my close friends. And I do have one of my close girlfriends, one of my best friends, who now has a baby. I didn't know she listens to the show. And I'm like, it's so weird where my girlfriends listen to the show. She's like, you never told me this. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I did it. The weirdest thing is like when, well, like my best friend like sends me a text and she's like, is it true that this is happening? I'm like, how do you know? Like, you know, I forget. <laughs> like oh well so and so told me that they heard it on the podcast i'm like oh my god i forget I, I we i really forget that you know people like listen. there's a lot of people out there that <laughs> listen and sometimes we do say more things here than we actually say to you know like everyday conversations we just like uh spit it up here on the mic so it's, it's great i mean you know it's people nice. know us it's and you're good at it you're so good at it and you have such a good rapport so how did you guys decide you know, I know that your family has had a family business. I know you guys have worked at the restaurant for a long time. What made you decide to start doing Super Mamas together? Paulina, go ahead. The struggles of motherhood, you know? I had a baby first. I was the first one in family to have a baby. And it was really freaking... Can we curse in your podcast? Yes. Know. Yes. Oh, okay. It was so fucking hard. It was so <laughs> hard, right? I actually had a huge postpartum depression and I just felt like there was something wrong with me and I was so lonely, but no one really understood me. It wasn't until Bricia had her baby that she realized how hard it was. And girls don't know. Girls don't know how hard it is to have kids. You know, baby should come with a warning. You know, this is hard as well. We, we are the warning. 
Melinda and I are now the warning signs for babies (laughs) everywhere I go. But but Brice, okay, you went second. So you had seen Paulina's experiences. Did that, did did you think, didn't you think you were just going to be the one mother that never had a difficult time with your kids? You didn't really see my experience. I just didn't see her experience. Oh, you didn't see it. I didn't see her experience. That is, but that's like the second part of of why the podcast came to be. You know, I was pregnant. I, I got pregnant when I was 29. So you know, through my 20s, Paulina had her baby when I was 25. 26. I was 29 as well when I was born. So it was like three years. I was also 29 when I had my first baby. Okay. So, um, you know, I was 26 years old and let me tell you, 26 year old Bricia <laughs> had a lot of fun. You know, twin Bricia in yes, her twenties lived her life. Okay. There was cocktails yes. named after me all around the city of LA. Like that is how I lived my life. I was going from restaurant opening to restaurant opening. I was hanging out with all my chefs, with all my bartenders. I was all spreading out the mezcal gospel. Like I was just living my life. There was no time for no niece. There was no time for, hey, sister, I had a baby and I feel so, I feel like sad. I'm like, mm, you wanted the baby. Good luck. You know, I was like that person. A hundred percent. Like, I'm not even going to like try to, you know, pretend that I was a good sister. I was not. I was just really consumed in my life. And I just thought my sister always wanted a baby all the time. Like she would cry because she couldn't get pregnant. So when she had the baby, I'm like, well, you wanted the baby. Like (laughs) I don't have to tell you, which is a horrible thing. And and I realized now I'm I'm a grown ass (laughs) woman now. Okay. I've had babies. Like I understand that 27 year old Brisa was wrong. And that is what's wrong with society. I realized that in, in my experience meeting so many women now in her journey, Women that struggle the most to have babies have the hardest time coming to terms with how hard it is to be a mom. Mm. I just got pregnant. I was just like, oh, okay. So I wasn't trying and I wasn't like, yeah. So it was a different experience for me. However, when I did have my baby, the second that baby came out, that's the second I started feeling guilty. Like <laughs> I should have been a better sister. I should. I started calling all my friends who had kids, all two of them. Cause I didn't, I was the only one with kids. I was like, I'm so sorry. I wasn't there for you. I'm such a horrible friend. I told my sister, I'm such a horrible sister. How could you do this? How did you do this with two kids? Like, oh my God. Yeah. So as a whole world opened up to me and I just had this whole level of respect for moms, for single moms. I mean, the guilt was real. And me thinking about what my sister had to go through by mm. herself alone even if she she had two sisters, a mom, a dad, and a brother, and she still had to go through this journey of postpartum by herself yeah. because none of her family understood yeah. because we're Latinos and we're like, depression is fake, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> like, oh, just, just go exercise. Yeah. Fine. So <laughs> they told me to go oh, exercise. Oh God. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So like, so going through this and understanding the feelings that go behind, like figuring all this out, we realized if my sister who had a community around her was feeling like that, like how are these women who have no families here doing it? Especially in a big city like LA, yeah. a lot of people come, they don't have families. So we just wanted to create a space where we were just real and we weren't just, and we were not, I mean, it's changed so much. We've been on the podcasting <laughs> for a long time. So now there's a lot of, now it's normal to be real. Back then, nobody was talking about the reality of motherhood. Nobody was talking about the reality of relationships. You know, so we 
just put the mic on. I think the first episode we were sort of like low key drunk, <laughs> and we just put it out there. You were, you were, you were yeah. not so low key drunk. Actually, drunk. We're not. We're not <laughs> drunk anymore. We don't do that. That life changed. Now you know. Now I live in Pasadena. I'm in the suburbs. I have two children. Like. Now I'm in my 30s, like pre-center 30s is very different. It is kind of amazing. <laughs> Although, you know, the other day I've been working on a novel and I have a fictional character in the book who's a mom and a new mom and really struggling with what that's meant for her career. And that adjustment phase that I think happens when you have kids, the readjusting of your sense of self and who you are as a person. And I had somebody say to me, well, I'm not sure that it's very relatable to have a character who like is really almost kind of regretting that she had kids. And I was like, I think, I think that's really relatable. <laughs> I'm like, maybe Correct not me a mom, if I'm wrong, you know? but, but it's so <laughs> true. I talk about it with my friends all the time. And one thing that I am really loving as you guys have evolved and your kids have gotten older is seeing how you're kind of bringing in, like, for example, there was an amazing podcast that I not only listened to, but I sent to all of my friends with an adolescent psychologist, I think, because, you know, my twins are about to turn 12. So mm -hmm. similar in age to, to your oldest daughter, Paulina. And it, it's a really new time in parenting. I feel like everything I knew, I now have to throw away and learn a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, your content is evolving as your kids evolve and as your parenting journey evolves, which is kind of amazing. It is mm -hmm. definitely evolving, you know, before it was all about like, you know, being a better mom and like we're set the babies and sleeping. And now I will, we always tell people like we are the biggest birth control walking around because <laughs> uh, we tell them like. Huh? I do feel like one of us has to have another baby, Paulina, in order to create that new <laughs> uh -oh. Yeah, one of us has to, has to, and you know, probably the chances are more on that side <laughs> than on mine. Because I feel like, you know, as, as you were saying, you know, you lose your, your, your previous identity and then, you know, for a long time, I don't know about you, but I think like I'm, my youngest is six. She turned six this week. And I think like I'm finally getting myself back. You know, I'm finally after almost 12 years, I'm finally able to to get to see me again through the weeds, you know, I'm finally like, ah, you're coming out of it. But these past 12 years have been very intense and it's, and it's ever evolving now, you know, with my teenage, my tween and my six-year-old, my nine-year-old, it's totally different stages and it, it, it just changes a lot. And I think like the beauty of the podcast is that people don't know how much healing more, much more healing it is for Brisa and I than, than you guys think. Because mm -hmm. honestly, as we evolve as parents, as we evolve in our relationships, as we have evolved in our entrepreneurship career, like we seek oh, yeah. advice and help and we make new relationships and we meet new people and we start bringing them on the show to talk about the things that sometimes selfishly I need help on, you know, I'm like, how do I deal with a tween? How do I deal with this? You know, we were talking about like periods and stuff. And I was like, I thought I had more time <laughs> to talk about that. So, you know, we've done the whole day from baby to now. Um, it's an evolution of not only our children, but ourselves, like you were saying. And it, it looks very different now. You know, it looks very different as to, mm -hmm. I think like, if you look at the catalog of, of, of episodes, you know, mm -hmm. there's been, a, there was a lot of crying at the beginning for some reasons. Now there's a lot of crying other for reasons. other reasons, but there's always been crying. Other there's always been crying. There's always been ups. There's always been downs. And I think it's the reality of things. And I went to a mental health conference this week and I was telling them like, people say, oh, you know, when you're pregnant, you should go to the uh, prenatal class. I'm like, no, they should do postnatal. Yes. 
They should do like, that's what yeah, they need to 100%. talk about because nobody tells you how hard it is. Everybody makes it seem like it's going to be a walk in the park. And then you think there's something totally. wrong with you because you, you're not enjoying it like on TV, you know? Totally. Do you guys usually agree about what guests you want to have on, what you want to talk about? Like, what's your kind of process like working together? Because you're also sisters. So there's that dynamic as well. It just, you know, I think it evolves and goes by seasons. Like, for example, right now I'm go- we're going through a season where, you know, I'm going through a lot personally. So I just offload so much stuff to our producer mm. and to Paulina and I just show up. And then there are seasons where I, you know, Paulina is more active in, okay, I really want to have this person. Or, you know, I go somewhere, I meet an incredible woman and I say, you have to be in the show. So having a producer has just been, shout out to Beth. She is so great and wonderful at following up, you know, all the emails and, you know, all the things that happen behind the scenes. The first, I would say five years, it was mostly me and Paulina. I think for the first two, three years, it was just really just, I would edit every single show and I would publish every single show and I just got burned out. And then Paulina did it and then (laughs) she got burned out and then we said, we need to just hire someone to do this. And I think after, also we took a little hiatus in 2020, 2021. Yeah, really was something happening in those years. (laughs) Hard to recall. (laughs) And now we're back and it's pretty fun. And I think it just happens. I think it just goes by season. And honestly, it's a it's a hobby for us. This is not like our podcast isn't a lucrative <laughs> business. And everyone just mm. gets really shocked when we say this. We we do not make money from the podcast at all. We don't even we don't pursue partnerships. We don't, it's just a place for me and my sister to unload trauma, <laughs> trauma unloaded public <laughs> to the benefit of so many and but you guys have so many other things happening in your lives you have a thriving restaurant you have food businesses tell me a little bit about the other stuff that's happening in your lives around the book the book but you see the book just came out like what else is going on around the podcast because you guys have a lot yeah again the podcast is a hobby and it's fun and you know, it's a place again for my sister and I to just connect the sisters and have fun and meet people. And if it's really, it has introduced us to a lot of wonderful people. And if it doesn't bring any financial, it's not financially lucrative, it's lucrative in, in human capital. We have met so many incredible people. And I think that's even, that's invaluable. You really can't put a number on the number of women we've met and connected and we become best friends due to the show. Outside of that, there's, I mean, we run a family owned business and we do everything together. Yes, I've written two cookbooks, but aside from that, like my sister runs a restaurant. She like runs that shit and has a hundred employees under her. My brother and I work together to grow our food products or Michelada brand, which is called I Love Micheladas. Uh, we also put a monthly, a huge event every first Friday of the month with over 2,000 people. And we also have our mole starters and our chocolate, our galaguetza chocolate, our galaguetza mole starters that you can order for the holidays as well. And well, through year round, but I feel right now it's tis the season for tamales and everything cooking. So I love molestore.com and I love michelas.com and yeah, all the other things. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys had, you know, your dad started the restaurant and I was like reading a little bit about your story uh, and I was watching the documentary before we started recording. And was there, was there like ever a part of you that didn't want to go into food that was like rebellious? Like, I don't want that to be a part of my life and career. Or did you always know that that was where you were going to go? 
I think neither of us wanted to go. You know, we rebelled. We all rebelled. <laughs> we didn't want to be part of this. You know, when you grow up in the family business and that is all you know and that is all you do and, you know, you miss out on weekends with your friends at Magic Mountain and Disneyland and going to the mall, you're like, why do I have to go to the restaurant, you know? And, you know, my dad was always very strict about work ever since we were little. You know, you're sick, you go to work. That's what you need. You know, you're sad, go to work. That's what you your need. Your postpartum depression, so, go to work. You're going to go fine. That's what Paulina, yeah. <laughs> Literally what they told us. Literally what they told us. That was actual actual advice. advice. Like, oh, you're depressed is because you need work, you know? So uh, I was like, yeah, you go to work and you'll feel better. (laughs) Work, like you. Which kind of, you know, I will say work does help me feel better when I'm depressed. So maybe, I think when you're a kid, postpartum depression is different. And when you're a kid, you don't, you don't, you don't care about work, right? You don't need need that. So yeah, we did. We all did. I mean, I recently uh, was talking to someone about, I I actually left the company for a while and, and then I came back to work. But no, it was not something that, you know, I was like, I'm going to be in food my whole life. I I think like what people don't really sometimes want to know, or like sometimes that we always try to explain to people is that it's not that we are food people. It's just that we are Oaxacan, we're somos Oaxaqueños, and this is what we eat. And this is just like, we're just trying to show people what we are, what Oaxaca is about, you know? And this is this is something that is we're passionate about. We're passionate about our culture in general, Oaxaca mm-hmm. in general, everything that has to do with our culture. And a big part of that and the main part of Oaxaca is mm-hmm. food, is music, is art, is all the things that you see that we do is about, it's a reflection of who we are, how we grew up, you know, where we come from, what we are really proud of, what makes us, us. And I think that what we do is a reflection of that. You know, my dad and his family, my dad comes from like a very entrepreneurial family. I remember since I was a little girl, my my tias, my tios working super hard all the time. My grandfather was a comerciante Mm -hmm. in in Oaxaca, you know, so like generations of entrepreneurships. So it was just what we were going to do. You know, it, it's just, it's yeah. just what it is. It, it wasn't like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You want to be a doctor? You want to be this? It was like, oh, we all work because, you know, we have, we come from a very small, it was a small like nobody really knew Oaxaca before. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, it's the, one of, it was, I don't know anymore, but it was one of the poorest uh, states in within Mexico. We're all the way in the South. We are indigenous. We're like short, dark, you know? And so it was, Always we were looked down upon, you know, growing up. So for us, it's been a mission to uplift our our community, our culture, our food, everything. And just say, Mm -hmm. we are not what you think you, we are, we are so much more. So that's been our passion, you know, and, and it's been really fun and, and exciting. And we love to do it because we honestly love everything that yeah. we, you know, that we that we sell, like the food. We love the food. We love the micheladas. We love having fun. We love cooking. We love family. We love all Do of Do your that. kids feel connected to Oaxaca and Oaxacan culture in the same way that you kind of wish for them, like, or that you would want them to? Or are they like, oh, God, mom, not again? <laughs> I mean, they better. Shit. They do. 
They do. They do. I think they feel the connection to the grandparents, yeah. you know, like mis abuelos there in Oaxaca. And, you know, they, it's like I'm uh, the same thing. People ask me, where are you from? And it's weird because I always say Oaxaca. I never say like, oh, I'm from Mexico. You know, I'm like, I'm from Oaxaca. Yeah. And ever since they're, li- I mean, they've been here in the restaurant and around everything that we do forever and ever and ever since my belly, you know, we used to have a crib in the back, in the back of the restaurant for the babies. And we would work and our babies were next to us. So they've been here. Like my daughter, I told her like, what do you want to have for food in your birthday? And she said, chips and mole. And I was like, okay, (laughs) so we're going to have chips and mole for her birthday too, because she wants chips and mole. And so they're very attached to the food. They're very attached to what it means to go to Oaxaca and the freedom that it Mm -hmm. gives them when they go. And that, I don't know, they transform into kids. I don't know how to explain it, but you know, like we live in the US and everything here is very sheltered and closed and there's no freedom, I guess, like for the kids to go and play outside and do all of that. And when they go to Oaxaca, it's, uh, it's all of that, you know, they are in the car, in the back, they go to uh, Al Cerro, they go play with the animals, they go eat, they go run, they, they're free, they're free. And so they do have a, they have a a different Mm -hmm. connection than we do, but they definitely have a, a, a connection. Amazing. So this is going to air the week of Halloween and Dia de los Muertos. So what kind of tips do you have for somebody who is like planning their menu? What do they need to be serving? What do we need to be doing? I'm celebrating in Scotland, unfortunately, where there's only like five people that celebrate Halloween here. It's all right. I still go all out. (laughs) Then you then find the four and go all out together. Create your. I give I give full size candy bars because I never have to give out that many. So I'm trying to build something here. But yeah, what do you think for the people who are listening? What should they be thinking about as they're getting excited for this week? You know, I would say food should be at the center of it all. I think that mole chocolate are at the center of the los muertos for us and from Oaxaca, which is what we do. And. Don't overthink about things. Your altar, whatever you call it, ofrenda, is pretty or special. A couple of photos, sempasuchil, fire, water, wind, earth. It's all you need. And teach your kids. Share this. Share this special. Share this special moment with your children. Of course, Halloween is so much fun, and we're very lucky that we could celebrate both. But de los Muertos is a very spiritual part of our culture, and I think it's something that's invaluable and should be passed down from generation to generation. So. Spend the time yeah. with children. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I we believe wholeheartedly in Oaxaca that we are visited by our, you know, by our family. So it's just about honoring them and remembering them. And you know, everything is around food. You know, they come to eat with us, they come to drink with us, they come to celebrate with us. And it it is again, you know, it, food is a, such a like integral part of culture that definitely, you know, have your their, your loved one's favorite food in the altar. You should have their favorite food. It's a way to honor them and to remember them. Mm-hmm. And it just really, it's a beautiful 
the, I think like the difference between Halloween and Dia de los Muertos is like Halloween is like boo, you, boo mm-hmm. you know, and Dia de los Muertos is embracing. It's embracing. It's not scary. It's actually very comforting knowing that like I'm going to feel my grandmother more than other days that day. And that, you know, to me, she's mm-hmm. going to be here and she's going to come and I'm going to be able to have a meal with her again, you know. And so it's a, it's a, it's such a beautiful part of our culture. I w- I had the opportunity to be in Oaxaca last, last year and I felt like a child again. I felt like mm-hmm. a child just that, like the 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 feeling that you get over there when you go to Dia de los Muertos is something that I cannot describe. Every every door in my mom's pueblo is open. Every single mm-hmm. door of every yeah, single beautiful. house is open. And when you peek into every single house, everyone is together. Everyone is celebrating. There's no pain. There's no suffering. There is a lot of joy. And this is the chance where people get to feel close to the ones that have passed. So it's very, at 12 o'clock, the the bells ring in the town and it's the beginning where everyone shows up and everything comes down and everyone Mm -hmm. welcomes and everyone is visiting and everyone is being communal and everyone is just being together. It's so beautiful. That sounds incredible. it's, a, it's incredible. So I mean, it's, it's sacred. About that. It's a sacred time. It's sacred. And so it's it, it, you should make it your own. It's your own. Whatever you want it to look like. It's about food and family and love and I love memories. It. I think we're going to do it this year. I don't know how many others in Scotland, but that's okay. We'll be, we'll have hey, here. We'll keep the door you know, open. You should start your <laughs> thing. About that. Why not? Oh, Bricia Falina, thank you so much for coming no, on Extra you. Shot. Your podcast is amazing. Super Mamas is everywhere you get your podcasts. And there are so many other things. We'll put the links to all the incredible businesses you have uh, in the show notes. And thank you, guys. It was so nice to chat with you. Oh my gosh, it was such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. If you want to get your mole, I love mole.com. If you want to get chocolate, if you want to get a lot, if you want to get a michelada for your loved ones, I love micheladas.com as well. The best. We are family. No, just kidding. We might cut that out or maybe we'll keep it. Keep it. I think it's it it adds it already adds that musical element. Spicy vibe. The part, spicy yeah. musical vibe. I could not be more delighted, proud, overjoyed to welcome a very special guest for this segment. We've got on the show today Ted Fernandez. Ted works at TikTok by day. By night, he is a singer, songwriter. And music recommender extraordinaire. You are the person that I go to for all of my musical tips. And so I've christened this segment Today's Top Hits, which I I think it's going to be huge, frankly. So Ted, welcome to Extra Shot. Thank you so much for having me, Alicia, or should I say Big Says. And uh, yeah, we can go... Basically excited to be here today. Big fan of the podcast uh, already. And uh, of course, one of the avid uh, listeners. And uh, yeah, excited to walk through today's top hits, which are really my favorite songs of yesterday, tomorrow, and today. Oh, shut up. This is already, okay. I can already see this being a regular segment, number one. (laughs) Number two, first question. Are you only on this show because of your fear of retaliation from your big sister? Or did you do it because you wanted to? 
No, absolutely not. I did this because I want, this is my, hello, being a like celebrity, a podcaster, a TikToker, a YouTuber, dreams, goals, just having an audience that will listen to me because usually it's just my plants or my fiance that have to listen to me on repeat talking about this music. So this is a, a, a bigger audience, a bigger platform. I'm all here for it. All right, so Ted has got three songs that he's going to recommend for your listening ears. And don't worry if you're somewhere where you can't write these down because I'm going to link to them in the show notes. So without further ado, Ted, what are you listening to today? Well, well, today uh, I have been listening uh, to quite a few songs. I, I would say actually 2023 has been an excellent, excellent year in music. All around you have like, your pop genre has just been really churning out hits. You have all of the pop girlies doing their stuff and releasing albums, Kylie, Carly, Kim, all of that uh, happening. And then you also have like these emergence of like all of these like rock songs again. And so I definitely wanted to provide a little bit of a spread of kind of like what is like like really freshly out, probably a little underground. These are artists you might not have heard of yet. Mm. Um, and part of that is because either I've been following them for a while and no one listens to them but me. Or on top of that, either I've like also just just recently discovered some of them as well. Um, and so just starting a long and burgeoning one-way, one-sided relationship with these musical artists who have no idea who I am. But Well, they're uh, going to know now. And uh, I still consider my claim to fame that I told people about Lizzo before she performed at Glastonbury. But I think I said that to you once and you were like, everybody knows who Lizzo is already. So whatever. <laughs> She was she was very big in certain communities for like a very long time. Uh, again, my fiance saw like he saw Lizzo. He said he saw Lizzo in a tent at Coachella with like seven other people. Oh my God. Uh, so that was like way 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 back when. So you can go take it up with with him <laughs> Done. about who, who who saw Lizzo first. All right, fine. All right, Ted. And, song number one. What do you got so for us? Song number one is current. My like on repeat. Cannot stop listening to this thing. And I also only discovered it about six days ago. And it's already in my like top 50 songs played for this year. So it's called wow. Fast Forward. Yes. Wait, this say is that like, again. Sorry. Uh, so, so the song itself is called Fast Forward by Joan Somi. Spelled J-E-O-N-S-O-M-I. And uh, this is a fun, electrifying dance pop number. It's great for working out, dancing. For me, just walking down the street and kind of bopping along to it. <laughs> kind of like reminiscent of like 90s dance hall music. So like those like This Is Your Nights and things like that that were like really yeah. fun clubs back in the early 90s. The chorus, while showcasing a significant progression and a build from the verses. And again, how I think about songs is you have your verse, you're kind of warming up. You get your chorus, which is like, can be like really the center of the song. It should be some, some kind of hook or very catchy. And then you have your post-chorus, which for me is almost as like important like if you're gonna do a build-up to a drop like that thing better make you scream and throw your phone 95 feet away from you like a football and so what i love about the song is the chorus is like already a significant growth from the verse but then the the drop is just like a perfect perfect drop tying into the chorus it's like an excellent dance number um it sounds a lot like one of my favorite songs from 2020 which is a highly highly underrated lucid by almost UK Eurovision representative Rina Sawayama. And if you had always wished that like Lady Gaga had done a song with Clean Bandit, this is Fast Forward, basically, right. in a nutshell. Fast Forward, good choice. So yeah, so a little bit about, and again, it's not just about the artist, it's also about the team behind the artist. So a little bit about Joan Somi. She's a Canadian-Dutch 
and Korean K-pop star. And the song was written and produced by three writers named Teddy, Vince, and R.T, uh, as well as Je- Joan Somi herself. And overall, again, as I mentioned, this is like on heavy repeat. Sometimes I will only listen to this song on repeat, like on my commute to work. And it's definitely easily going to be in my top 10 songs of the year. Oh my God. All right. Well, that's number one that I'm playing on the school run to go pick up the kids this afternoon. All right, Ted, tell us about your second choice. So second choice is a song called Bad Apple, open parentheses, one, two, three. And it's a song that involves counting. And I love counting and spelling in songs. And it's by an artist named Eden Exo. And this one is a dark synth dance banger is kind of the only way to describe like Stefan from SNL. This is a dark synth banger with an interesting chord progression that harkens back to kind of the post-blackout era Britney Spears. So if you think about them all, if you think about Circus, uh, it's very similar to that style of music. Uh, the beat is everything, and it kind of—I I, when you hear the song, it almost makes you feel like right when you're about to go down a roller coaster, your heart like races a little faster because like the tempo is ever so slightly above what a normal song would be. Ooh. Lyrically, it's like not the most complex song, so it's nothing like you're going to listen to it and you know ball your eyes out or like you know sip a glass of wine and eat some cheese to it. But it is kind of like, a, it almost sounds similar to what I call the second coming uh, gay renaissance of pop, Padam Padam, which was released earlier this year <laughs> by Kylie Minogue. And the song is basically part Britney, part Kylie, um, and honestly, a little bit of Venga Boys, if you sort of remember I'm the Venga Boys are. I'm so <laughs> definitely listen to that. It's fun. It's a little weird. It's different, but it, it really sticks. Now, about Eden XO, American singer-songwriter, she's been releasing music for 10 years under various pseudonyms. I've been following her since, like, her very first song that was, like, on SoundCloud, and me and my best friend were like, oh my gosh, when is she going on tour? She was not going on tour at the time. Um, She was really just writing and releasing music. Uh, But now with Eden XO, she's really gotten a team of writers and producers around her that's, that's really making some movement. So... The song was written and produced by Carl Ryden, who is a Swedish producer who recently worked on Kylie Minogue's Tension and What the Future Holds and multiple other songs by Steps. Will Sims is another one of the producers who did React by the Pussycat Dolls, as well as has produced many of Eden XO's songs herself. Uh, overall, the song's really growing on me. I think when I first listened to it, I'm like, a little odd, but I'll give it another listen. And then it's sort of been one of these slow growers where now it's in heavy rotation on my playlist. All right. It's Eden XO coming at you. And uh, if anybody out there knows any of the previous names Eden XO used to release music under, pop those in the comments because I'm curious. I, I can also them? tell you as well. I want to see what the commenters say. Okay, okay. I love the idea of changing your name like every little bit of time and then just like, maybe maybe I'll be writing books under a pseudonym. Yes, I've never released music under a pseudonym. So don't even try looking on the internet. I sometimes it, so. I sometimes email people under a pseudonym as a fake PR person that works for me. And her name is Amber Martin, which is the name that was on my fake idea in college. So uh, if you're listening to this and you've gotten an email from Amber, be nice to her. She has feelings. And be nice to, and you know what, everyone as well, be nice to uh, my fake idea in college, who was Carlos Miranda. So (laughs) if you know him, be nice to him. Very true. All right, Ted, take us home with your third recommendation today. All right. So my third recommendation is a song called The Radio by Z Machine. And that's spelled Z E letter Z E E or Z Machine. Or sorry, Z Machine in British English. And this is a dreamy 80s pop synth. It's kind of like a mid-tempo ballad. It's definitely a lot lyrically heavier than the other two songs, but it's got an incredible catchy hook 
with soaring vocals. I'm usually not someone who's like a big like hooray, hurrah, like men's vocals. But Z Machine is really, really excellent, an excellent guitar player, a, a beautiful voice that always matches kind of the tone of the song, which is really beautiful, touching, but also a little bit melancholy as well. So you kind of have this like sort of happy beats to like lyrics that kind of make you really think a little bit more about it. It paces remarkably well, which is something that is really important to songs. You don't want to like just listen to it and have it be the same thing, and get sick of it a minute in. And it's a really, it's again, very simple, but effective song. And I actually think this about a lot of Z Machine's music where the songs really, really keep you interested and they just, they pace really well. He's just really got a good ear for music, a really good brand for himself. And the radio is one of my favorites that he's released throughout his, you know, I think four to five, three to four years of releasing music so far. So now what the music sounds like. So if you kind of, if you want to like the radio or want to know if you like the radio by Z Machine, you might have liked Dancing on My Own by Robin or Style by Taylor Swift. And it even has elements of Simply the Best by Tina Turner. Just stop and it for a because are there people that don't like those three songs? Maybe not together. Who knows? But I, I, I heard the song and I was like, this is definitely something special. And as I was listening to it with like a really like, uh, you know, a, I guess a watchful ear, a listenful ear or whatever you say, I, I was hearing kind of notes or similarities between like all of these different genres of music over the last 30 years. So Z Machine's been making music for a few years now. Uh, ever since I heard his first song, I've been hooked. The radio is actually co-written and produced by Z Machine and then another one of my favorite artists named Gregory Dillon, both out of Los Angeles, California, and both artists who I discovered in 2020 that just released very, like, very excellent pop music with just honestly very kind of sad tones. Like, they're sort of sad songs, but they, they're uplifting and then downlifting at the same time. It's a very interesting mix of emotions. Love it. So I'll be streaming the song for months, no doubt. Well, Ted, this was fabulous. I can tell you did your homework. I've never heard of any of these songs, so I'm going to listen to them immediately. I'm going to make a little playlist and share it with all my listeners. And wow, thank you for coming on the show today. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. And I don't know, like I'll talk to you this weekend or talk to I guess I'll call you on the offensively. So yeah. I know. I'll, ta- I'll talk to you in 5 minutes. We're going to I think we're going to make this a seasonal special though because I um absolutely love this. I cannot wait to listen to these songs. Ted, love you. Thanks for coming on Extra Shot. All right, love you too. Thank you so much for having me and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in today to Extra Shot with Alicia Fernandez Miranda. A special shout out to the team at Texture Sound for all their support. If you're in the mood for more of me, pick up a copy of my What If Year, which is out now in bookstores everywhere. Sign up for my mailing list on aliciafmiranda.com or find me on Instagram at aliciafmiranda. I can promise news, views, and memes about Gilmore Girls. If you have feedback, ideas for upcoming segments, burning questions, things you need advice on, please reach out. And otherwise, we'll catch you on the next Extra Shot.